0: Welcome to Practice Life, the podcast devoted to the important non-clinical issues affecting the daily practice of equine veterinary medicine. Practice Life is brought to you by the American Association of Equine Practitioners. And I'm Mike Powell, a practice owner and veterinarian, and a longtime EAP member and your host.
1: Beringer Ingelheim's equine health solutions don't just come in the form of medicine. From our Vaccine and EGUS Assurance programs to our Equine Practice Enrichment program, we offer a wide range of services dedicated to helping individual veterinarians and entire practices succeed in their business environment. To learn more about all the services we offer, contact one of our expert team members by visiting bi-vetmedica.com slash company slash contact.
0: Hi, and welcome to another episode of the AAP Practice Life Podcast. Brought to all of us by our good friends, Beringer Engelheim. Once again, I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. Jessica Dunbar. Hey, Jessica, how are you?
2: Hi, Mike. Doing great.
0: We have a really interesting show today and almost an annual tradition. Why don't you introduce it?
2: I would love to. So we have three guests with us tonight, and we're speaking with our AAEP leadership. So we have our AAEP president, Dr. Katie Garrett, Dr. Tracy Turner, our president-elect, and also, as always, our executive director of AAEP, David Foley. So I would love for each of you to tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, starting with Katie, if you wouldn't mind going first.
3: I'm Katie Garrett. I'm originally from Western New York. I was lucky enough to have as my hometown vet and wire who is a previous president of AEP. So I guess you could say the AEP has touched me from a very young age. I went to college in New Hampshire and then vet school at Cornell. I came to Kentucky for what I believed truly was a one-year internship, and then I was going to head back to the Northeast. But I stayed, and uh, I've been at rudin Riddle Equine Hospital since then, where I focus on diagnostic imaging.
2: That's wonderful. And Tracy, if we could have you go next and tell us about yourself.
4: I'm Tracy Turner. I've been around a little bit longer than Katie. I grew up in a small town in Southwest Colorado, mostly on, it was a small ranch. I did ranch work. I did ranch things. Apprenticed with a farrier early in my career. It was because of this, that I wanted to become a veterinarian and graduated from Colorado State. Decided that I wasn't quite ready for practice. So I was going to go do a one-year internship, was selected to, to attend the University of Georgia for that internship, and one thing led to another. I ended up doing a residency and then uh, joined academia. I was in academia for 25 years. I've served on the faculty of the University of Illinois, the University of Florida, and the University of Minnesota. I did 25-year uh, prison term, uh, I mean a 25-year term, <laughs> uh, and then went into private practice. I was in a large practice for about 12 years that was owned by very good friends of mine. And they decided to retire and sell the practice. And I decided that at the uh, ripe age of uh, 60 plus years old that I would uh, out into solo practice. I had a lot of fun. And I had a lot of fun until December 31st. And I retired from regular practice. And now I'm doing consulting, I miss a lot of my clients, so I, I do keep in touch with them and consult a little bit for them. But I'm turn the page and on to new chapters of other things that I want to do relative to equine medicine and the horse industry.
2: Sounds like you have probably a lot of good stories, I'm guessing, <laughs> with all those experiences. Well, thank you. And let's move on to David. Tell us about, about your role with AAEP and your background.
5: Well, Louisville, Kentucky native and went to the University of Kentucky, graduated in 1985 with a degree in agricultural economics, began working for the AAP shortly thereafter, 1988. I was hired as the convention manager and we were a very small staff, only three employees at the time. I was number four. We're at 23 now. I mean, so I've essentially grown up in the AAP. And, and so for the first dozen years or so, convention manager took on membership, sponsorship. I've, basically done every job in the place at some point uh, in time, and then was promoted to executive director in 2000.
2: Wonderful. Thank you for uh, working for us equine practitioners. Now, I would really love to know, I'm curious, Katie and Tracy, why are you involved in this way with AAEP? Why do you give your time? Let's start with you, Katie.
3: My parents growing up were very strong volunteers. They believe really pretty wholeheartedly in the idea of volunteering. My dad has been a volunteer firefighter since I think he was about 20. And he is still going. We kind of wish he would stop going the buildings. But that's another story. So both my parents were really involved in things like that. So I was lucky to have been instilled with that spirit of volunteerism and giving back. And it has been an incredibly rewarding journey. I also work at a practice where involvement in the AEP and other forms of organized veterinary medicine is important to the practice. So I've been very privileged to have had a lot of support with my efforts. And I got involved in AEP a couple of years after I graduated from vet school. And I have fortunately been involved since then. It's probably my favorite thing is not only just the giving back to the profession, but I've gotten to meet people I never, ever would have met before in other sectors of equine practice and getting to hear about their lives and what their challenges are. I just find it really, really interesting. I have to say, I think I've gotten much, much more back from the AEP than I could ever possibly give.
2: Thank you. That's wonderful. And Tracy, what about you? What uh, has influenced you and and why do you give your time to AEP and all of us?
4: That's an excellent question. Early in my career, my mentor that had Uh, so much influence on my career, he was very active with the American College of Veterinary Surgeons. And he made a big deal about giving back to our profession when it gave to us. Uh, Hopefully, I was never a disappointment to him, but I made a decision early in my career that I thought the AAEP was more important than ACVS because it involved the equine practitioner. And I always considered myself, even though I was boarded, that I was more of an equine practitioner than a surgeon, and that I need to share everything that I got with my fellow practitioners to, to raise the level. And as Katie said, the more you get involved, the more you want to be involved. It's a process that gives you back tenfold for everything that you give. And the AEP, you know, has has grown. I mean, I've, I've been around long enough to watch everything grow and watch AAP get involved in all sectors of the equine world. And together with my wife, Julie Wilson, we've been able to to make this global and help horses globally, which has been really important. To give is almost selfish because you get so much back. So I'm going to continue.
2: I think that's true.
0: That's a great way of putting it. That's absolutely true. So let's shift gears a little bit. Katie, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year you were the vice president, so you were responsible for the programming of the past convention in San Diego. So tell us how it went.
3: Last year I was actually the president-elect, and so the president-elect is the one who does the program. So Tracy's the president-elect this year, so it's essentially his program next year.
0: Right, and we'll get to that. So.
3: (laughs) Oh, yes. Oh, I'm sure we will. (laughs) I was so happy with how things turned out, and The thing I think that I loved the most was it just seemed like the energy at the convention was really positive and and happy. I mean, it helped that the sun was out every single day. It just seemed like a really great vibe. And that was exciting to see. I mean, we've had certainly some challenges in our profession. We always will. But it was nice to uh, see people really feeling like we as a group, equine practitioners, were, you know, starting to turn the tide. Our keynote, she did a really nice job about how change is hard, but you can embrace it and you can make it a really positive thing. So I thought she had a really lovely message.
2: It was awesome.
3: Yeah, thanks. Well, she she was, she was was great. We were really lucky to get her as a speaker. We tried out the burst talks, which were these little five-minute kind of flashes of really practical information. And based on the feedback that I've heard, they were really well-received. So that was nice to try something a little bit new. Really, the scientific program, which Dr. Erin Contino, who is the chair of the Educational Programs Committee, and her whole committee, including the Scientific Review and Advisory Committee, I mean, they put in so much hard work in creating that program. It was just, it was just fantastic to get to work with all of those people.
0: And David, maybe you can touch upon just how the convention did with attendance and students coming.
5: We were right around five thousand, and so it's it's been the biggest convention we've had since COVID and rivals many of those that we had pre-COVID in terms of, of numbers go. And of course, the the San Diego is a beautiful place. Nice time of year to be in San Diego. Like Dr. Garrett said, <laughs> the sun was out every day. That never hurts anything. We felt it was a great success. Of course, we always find things we want to tinker with and improve upon and tweak for, for subsequent years. Uh, San Diego is a little bit of an expensive place, to be honest. And so just from a food and beverage standpoint. So, you know, it, it was a, it was an expensive convention, but it was a good one.
0: Yeah, the feeling that just walking around the trade show and, and the educational programming was just, it was so upbeat, it was so nice. And it seemed to me, and we'll talk about this near the end, it just seems like, as, as Katie said, a tide has turned. And, you know, in, in past years of like, what is going to happen to the profession? It just seems like this year it was like, well, we have a path forward we'll be okay.
2: I agree. I, I tell all the fourth year students I come across that there couldn't be a better time to enter this profession when we're all kind of in tune with the change that is happening and we're kind of seeing it happen. Let's shift to, there was a survey sent out to the AEP members. My understanding is we don't have results yet. Is there good uh, numbers? Are people responding to that survey?
5: Yes, I think that we uh, maybe when the survey closed, we had about 1,400 responses, which is statistically significant. And so, you know, this really was precipitated at the end of last year. The format for the convention hasn't really changed a lot in many, many years, with a few little exceptions, the burst talks this year and some other things that we've done. And so we really just felt like it was time that we really take a hard look and kind of a deep dive at our convention, is it still meeting the needs of, a, of, of the next-gen member, uh, so to speak? And so uh, we engaged the Freeman Company, who sets up our trade show and handles our audio-visual. A lot of our convention services has a strategic planning and innovations division. And we engaged them to kind of help us take a look. And so they interviewed people. They were on-site at the convention kind of A to Z, soup to nuts, looking at registration process to, assign, you know, everything. And then it's, it's sort of culminating with this community survey that went out several weeks ago and just recently closed. And then they're currently analyzing the data from that. And then next week, a uh, week from tomorrow, they'll be in town with our educational programs committee and, and going through kind of a workshop. I mean, it's it's not broke, but we want to just make sure it's it's always evolving. It's our flagship event. And so we want to make sure that it remains strong and meets the needs of our members. And so we'll take a look at the results, have a workshop with our Educational Programs Committee and see if any recommendations come out of that.
2: That's so cool. Thank you for doing that. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing, hearing what you come up with. But 1,400 is a good number.
5: That's really
0: good.
2: I want to actually just take a quick moment and thank both Katie and Tracy for being so receptive to the AAEP members. Tracy, I've seen you pop up on social media, kind of checking in with our members and asking for feedback, and that is amazing. So just the fact that you're asking and listening, and Katie, same for you. All of the members received an email from you on Friday. I'm wondering if you want to take a quick moment to just summarize that for anybody that didn't see it in their email.
3: I would love to. The board had its annual January meeting last week. I guess it's two weeks ago now, technically. And I just wanted to share with the membership some of the major things we've decided to focus on for 2024. I'll just talk about the elephant in the room first. So we had a bylaws amendment come up for a vote this year, and the way that our bylaws are structured, that comes up for a vote at the uh, annual convention, at the general membership meeting. And it became pretty clear that there were some very strong feelings on both sides, both for and against this proposed amendment. But more so than that, it also seemed like there was actually kind of an issue maybe simmering underneath the surface that maybe The stated issue was a bylaws amendment, but maybe there was something else lurking a little bit underneath the surface. So, I mean, the board takes that extremely seriously. We're a member organization. We are here to serve our members. So if our membership is telling us, Hey, you guys could be doing a little bit better at some things. Well, we need to take that pretty seriously and listen to that. So in response to all of the things we've heard, casual conversations, formal feedback, social media outreach, all of those things, we took a few different actions to kind of try and address these issues and really make the AEP experience as good as it can be for everybody. So we created a governance task force that will go ahead and take a look at our bylaws. We last did this in 2011. Coincidentally, I was actually on that task force then, so maybe this is um, somehow faded. But what this will let us do is just take a look at our bylaws and make sure are these going to serve us effectively now and going into the future? I mean, the world changes and we need to change with those times. So not just looking at things like how officers end up being officers, but also things like the structure of the general membership meeting. How are bylaws actually able to be changed? Can we modernize that so you don't have to be there in person at the general membership meeting? Are we using appropriate communications channels to reach our members. So these are some of the things that we just want to take a hard look at. So that task force will consist of people from a diverse set of backgrounds, older, younger, different types of practice, different amounts of involvement in the AEP to really cast a wide net. And then that group will formulate some recommendations, which we'll then have a member comment process on so that our membership can look at the recommendations, react, give us that feedback, and then the task force can go ahead and incorporate some of that feedback into the final recommendations they make to the board of directors. So that's a big project we've got going on. In addition to that, we're gonna take a look at some of our communications. We know that we have our new website coming in 2024, which will hopefully be a little bit more user-friendly so that our members can find what they're looking for a little bit more easily. We're also going to look at our committee structure Some of that has come as a result of some of the sustainability initiatives because those were never meant to last forever, but we've certainly identified some areas where we need to have ongoing work. So the board just created a standing committee for students and early career members so that we can continue all the hard work that the Sustainability Commission has done going on into the future. One more thing, we had some new tasks for our member engagement committee. We hear that our mid-career practitioners are maybe not as satisfied, and we're not sure, are they not satisfied with equine practice, with the AEP, with the fact that that's a pretty challenging time in your life? You may have kids and aging parents and you know what's going on there? So we want to kind of look at that and see, well, are there areas that the AEP can help with? We worry about our solo practitioners. We want to make sure that we have volunteer opportunities That fit what people can do. So maybe someone can't make a three year commitment to a committee, but you know what they would really love to do is go to the pony club and talk about how great it is to be an equine vet. So make sure that we have these types of outreach where our membership can get involved and feel involved and we can kind of meet everybody where they are. I know that was a little bit of a long answer, but (laughs) that's what we're doing. And I mean, the board is really excited that so many people seem to want to be engaged, and I mean, we, we are listening. We want your feedback. Please don't be afraid to get in touch.
2: That answer was great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's amazing how responsive the organization is because I think we've all been members of other organizations that were, but let's say, are, are sort of set in their ways. so kudos to all of you.
5: Well, I just wanted to, to piggyback on what Dr. Garrett said. One additional priority for the AP this year relative to our strategic plan is a, is a wet lab. Initiative. Members have been telling us for a long time now that they want more hands on learning opportunities. And so we're going to roll out a series of wet labs that we're going to put on across the country, probably start in the latter half of 2024, and then just build from there. And so we're, we're finally, uh, that's finally coming to a realization. Members have been looking for that for a long time. So I'm very excited about adding that to our, our educational programming catalog.
0: Well, that leads me into my next question for for Tracy about the educational offerings coming up in twenty twenty four culminating in the convention in Orlando. What do we have on tap this year? The summer meeting
4: that'll be at Colorado State that's going to be exciting. the focus meeting uh, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. I want to reiterate what David said. We're all very excited about this this whole wet lab initiative. We think that it it could be a, a game changer as far as expanding and getting AEP everywhere it needs to be. So that's really exciting. And I'm excited about the program for December. You don't know until you know, but uh, I think we put together uh, the in-depth sessions. The invited papers are are coming in right now. And then uh, those people that uh, are trying to get on the program will be coming in. EPC's had its first meeting as far as getting things ready to go. So the scientific review committee—we've gone through that and how that's going to work—and we're just waiting for for papers to start to pour in to start putting the whole program together. But my biggest regret is I can't go to everything that I've helped put together here because I'm really excited about the program. And if you're interested in what they're going to be, there's going to be a, a session on, on on lameness of the back, which is yeah, it's going to be fun. And then. There'll be another session that's, that's relative to imaging, and it'll be an in-depth on looking at artifacts and how to improve your imaging so you don't get fooled or you don't miss anything. So that's going to be good. There'll be uh, an in-depth on antibiotic stewardship, basically responsible usage of that, looking at uh, One Health, et cetera, and our responsibility. Uh, there'll be a session on on pain management beyond non steroids uh, which everybody should be interested in.
2: Are you going to do the burst talks again?
4: Burst talks are, are on the table. We've we, we already had to talk about it. we talked about how good they went, but we also talked about when they did the burst talks the, last year, they started working on that actually two months before now. And so we think we can do it, but we're going to wait for the papers that start to come in to see how, what we can do and how, we can if we can put it together. Uh, but it's sure on the docket looking at twenty twenty five. But we're hoping that we might be able to have something very similar for twenty twenty four. One of the other sessions is going to be a, a how-to session looking at at the interaction of dentistry and ophthalmology. And until I started talking to the moderators, I didn't realize how much there was interaction and how nerve blocks around the head can change stuff and how even they interact when you start extracting teeth. It's like, like
2: cool. I'll be
4: in that one. <laughs> you know how about a discussion on the written exam and and in depth about you know some saddle fit issues and how that works into your veterinary practice every day because you've got clients that ask you every day and, and and if you're like me you tap dance around the issue and uh try to find somebody that's uh not on somebody else's payroll and and then another uh, there'll be another radiology session looking on uh you know how to find those legions you know what processes to look for well there'll be one supporting the working equids back to the basics with breeding and then there'll be our regular ethics and wellness with some wellness stuff and one that's uh emerging issues so I'm, I'm kind of waiting for an emerging issue if not we we've, we've got some other things to talk about
0: wow that's a lot that's going to be great
4: a lot of stuff going on it's kind of exciting
0: yeah
2: so with all we've covered so far, I just want to ask if there's anything else going on behind the scenes at AAEP this year. Is there anything else you want to share with us or did we cover it all?
3: <laughs> I feel like we covered most of it. I can give you an update on some of the sustainability stuff if you'd like.
2: Ooh.
0: Please. Yeah, I was going to ask that because I know we've, we've talked with a lot of the, the uh, facilitators of that but over the past year. But any updates, please?
3: One of the things that we've been talking about in general is we've kind of moved out of the initial phase of creating the commission, getting everyone involved, creating all of these amazing deliverables for our membership. And now one of the challenges we have is, great, how do we get these out to even more people than the people who have already seen them? So that's a big part of what we're doing this year. In addition to some ongoing projects, as well as, like I mentioned before, How might we incorporate some of the sustainability stuff into our overall AEP structure because the commission is not meant to last forever, but through this, we've identified things that are going to need ongoing attention. So how do we roll these entities into either our existing committee structure or form some new committees and that sort of thing? But. The Compensation Committee has done a really nice job with our fee surveys and salary surveys and looking into a little bit of a potential gender gap in compensation. Right now, I know that they're working on a deliverable about how much various benefits are worth, so non-financial compensation. How do you kind of gauge that into what, say, an offer package is, is worth overall or get a general idea about that? Uh, The emergency coverage has done a really nice job with their workbook, giving people maybe a little bit more visibility into different and creative ways to offer emergency services to practice because I don't need to tell any of you, emergency coverage is a pretty major pain point for equine practitioners. The student subcommittee is really doing a wonderful job of reaching into the schools and Maybe strengthening the role of the faculty advisor, just making sure that we are reaching these students and telling all of our stories about why we want to be equine vets and why this is a wonderful, just as you said at the beginning, Jessica, why this is a wonderful time to go into equine practice and, and sharing our message. Uh, the Practice Culture Subcommittee has created their toolkit with some more actionable items, surveys, example questions. So they're going to be creating some more deliverables on that. And then the internship subcommittee is really excited about the new website rollout and the internship hub to hopefully make finding internships and offering internships and applying for internships a whole lot easier for practices and students and creating their best practices handbook so that people can really take a look at their internship programs and maybe think about them in a different way and focusing on students finding the right program for them, not what someone says is the best program. Really making sure everyone is getting what they need from this. So all of the sustainability stuff is pretty is pretty exciting.
2: I think they've all been working hard. Yeah, there's
3: Very. a lot going
2: on, a lot going on. One question, Katie, if anybody wants to get their hands on those booklets that the committees, so there's a culture, little workbook, the emergency coverage, are there any others that, How and how do people get their hands on those?
3: Sure, so in addition to those, the, Internship subcommittee has a best practices handbook and actually all of the different subcommittees have various little deliverables, sheets, fact sheets, infographics, all of that sort of stuff. But if you go to the AAEP website and just search sustainability commission, that takes you to the main page. And then from there, you can access all of those different resources.
2: They're definitely worth looking over. They're great.
3: The subcommittees have done a phenomenal job with this.
0: Wow. We've covered a lot. Thank you all. Thank you, Katie and and Tracy, for what you do, the volunteering that you do for the AEP. David, 24 years as the executive director, and I think your leadership is why we are where we are. And uh, hats off. and I know I say that every year, but it's true. So thank you all. And thank you again to Beringer Engelheim for their support of the Practice Life podcast. And we look forward to chatting with you next time. See you all.
1: Beringer Engelheim's equine health solutions don't just come in the form of medicine. From our vaccine and EGA assurance programs to our equine practice enrichment program, we offer a wide range of services dedicated to helping individual veterinarians and entire practices succeed in their business environment. To learn more about all the services we offer, contact one of our expert team members by visiting bi-vetmedica.com slash company slash contact.